Welcome to Warped, the Unnecessary Star Trek podcast. We're so glad you could join us on our never-ending voyage through Star Trek history. If you're new to the show, here's a quick tip. Don't listen to the first few episodes. This was our first time podcasting, and we didn't know what the heck we were doing. Why not listen to episode 13? Or 17? Or 20? Or better yet, you can get a nice recap of our early episodes by listening to our clip show special, Now That's What I Call Warped, which are episodes 31 and 32. Enjoy the show! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to what will be episode one of hopefully many, many episodes of the Untitled Star Trek podcast. (laughs) Um, My name is Sean Mason, and I'm here with... My name is Matt Bibb. Sean, explain to everybody why we're not watching the original episode of Star Trek. (laughs) Well... Would be the logical thing to do. First, let's explain what we're doing here in general. So, me and Matt... We've known each other for about 20 years now, and the thing that we used to like to do when we were in our 20s and didn't have really any other responsibilities was sit around, get drunk, and watch television and movies together. A few months ago, I said that I had started watching uh, the original series of Star Trek, which I had never seen before, and he's a big Star Trek fan. And we came up with this idea of watching all of the iterations of Star Trek, Star Trek episodes, movies, all of the various TV shows in chronological order from air date and doing podcasts over them. And my idea was to then do a unasked for audio commentary of the episode. So the whole concept is to watch the episode while we and listen to our podcast and hopefully we'll entertain you. I, I I don't I'm already unhappy with the way I'm being characterized. <laughs> I don't like the way you described how we spent our twenties. <laughs> I don't like being described as a as a Star Trek nerd or whatever. I didn't refer to I, me. I did not refer to you as a nerd. I said fan. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, if you're on Netflix, uh, we're going to be watching the episodes on Netflix. Obviously, if you have DVDs, you could watch that, but probably best you watch it on Netflix. Um, we're starting with what on Netflix is season one, episode two, called The Man Trap. And we'll get into why we're starting that once we start the episode. We're just going to start the episode. So right now on your uh, Netflix dial, it should say 50 minutes and 27 seconds left. And I'll be starting in three, two, one, play. So there you have the oh, Starship Enterprise. And we have it on, uh, our our episode is on, uh, what's that called? Closed captioning. <laughs> so you can see there's Leonard Nimoy, the great Mr. Spock. Um, so You're going to live narrate everything that happens? <laughs> no, 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 no. Is no. that what you're going to be doing? Well, I, I like, I'm just trying to give people so that we got, they so can have so a frame of reference uh, so that they can basically know that they're sort of in sync with us is my, my idea. Fine. Um, anyways, the reason why we're not starting with what is season one, episode one, I think it's called The Cage, the original unaired pilot, is because it was unaired. Uh, this was the first episode to be actually aired. The unaired episode wasn't aired until the 80s, so we'll get to that origin- okay, eventually. Okay, we have to start talking about the episode, because Kirk just hands McCoy some wheat <laughs> and, says, and says, here's some flowers for your girlfriend. Yes, well... <laughs> So, Matt, you being the Star Trek uh, aficionado of the group, uh, if you want to give a quick synopsis of what we're seeing here today. No. No. Okay. I don't want to do that at all. (laughs) It's an episode of Star Trek. What is there to say about it? They're wearing velour, the fabric of the future. They're looking around for for the chick to come in. So, we're... One of the things that we will be doing here on this podcast, we're going to be drinking because we can't watch this stuff without drinking, um, and we'd like you to drink along with us, uh, and we're going to play some games, and I'll, I'll sort of come to those as we sort of, I'm not going to give you all of them right now, but one of the first ones we've got to realize, we're all going to be drinking one for the homies. So anytime somebody dies in an episode, and we all know that nobody important ever dies on Star Trek... <laughs> Uh, we'll be having a drink for them. So pour yourself a drink and get ready because someone's dying quickly in this episode. It's weird to think that this is the very first episode of Star Trek that anybody ever saw on television because it doesn't explain anything. It, you know, like pilots are supposed to tell you 
who the characters are and what the setting is. And No, this one really just sort of drops you right in the middle. Yeah. I, who are these people? They, they haven't even what? really given you names yet. I, what the what only, spaceship are they on? The only thing you have anything. seen is that they're on the USS Enterprise. They're on a planet. Right. That there's a Mr. Spock, who is the first mate right. of the ship, is actually on command because the captain... Jim Kirk is on the planet. Oh, wait. We have to talk about what he just said. That guy just said, I think you remind me of a girl from Wrigley's Pleasure Planet. <laughs> so he basically this is where is, the whores yeah, are. So, and one, that, that guy likes his whores, apparently, because he's well-versed with the Wrigley's Pleasure Planet. Star Trek has a lot of whore planets. When we get to Next Generation, there's a lot of episodes about Risa. That is all, true. The Pleasure Island. And... The Pleasure Island. After you've been to Wrigley Spearmint Gum. <laughs> come to Wrigley Pleasure Palace. <laughs> and well, and we won't even get into the holodeck aspects of oh, okay. Next Generation and, and how much whoring must have been done in those days. Well, and on Deep Space Nine, they make a big... There's all kinds of really nasty suggestions about the things that go on in well, Quark's you don't want to be holo suite. The holodeck. Yeah. Quark, Quark's holodeck bar. Rom or not. Bar, they are, uh, they are a filthy, filthy place. <laughs> well, you see here, this is, what is his name? Lieutenant Darnell. That's I Darnell. He now sees, we've seen this woman and she's looks different to each person. And obviously that's a strange idea. Well, we've obviously oh, gone to the first commercial break. The- first opening credits. <laughs> All right, so we're going to we're watching the opening credits. So as we're watching the opening credits, I'm going to give you some information about the episode. Who wrote this episode? Nah, I, let me I got to pull up IMDb. Give me a minute. I had it all set up and then it died. So Star Trek was created by <laughs> We all know. Poisonberry? That's right. John Poisonberry. <laughs> so, episode what they actually IMDb actually refers to was episode 1. Uh, called The Man Trap, original air date, September 8th, 1966. So over 50 years ago. On IMDb, they describe it as Dr. McCoy discovers his old flame is not what she seems after crew members begin dying from a sudden lack of salt in their bodies. And it has a rating of 7.3 stars out of 10 on the IMDb rating. That's important. <laughs> that's a solid rating. It was that's a, that's a solid directed, directed by Mark Daniels. And written by George Clayton Johnson, who, if you look at his IMDb, he looks like Rob Zombie. <laughs> he was a famous uh, are these pilot the, zone writer. Are these, I think. The, these are the the cleaned up versions that they did. A few they, years ago. they, I believe they are. I believe Netflix has that looked the, like a much if, better if you landscape than yeah, I remember. Yeah. I, as being someone who has only ever actually watched these episodes on Netflix, I've only ever seen the cleaned up episodes. So those of you who are used to these without the new fancy uh, CGI uh, <laughs> videos. And one thing you will notice that I find very amusing, whenever they go to a planet that is Earth-like, it is Earth. Like for some reason, the the positions of the continents is exactly the same as Earth for some reason. <laughs> Oh, I never even noticed that. I thought you meant it was Earth because it was filmed in the hills of Southern California. <laughs> I've lost track already of what this episode is about. <laughs> well, this is the guy. This is the archaeologist guy. And you remember what he is there for? He's a no. He's an archaeologist. Are they they studying the the, the 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 whatever uh, race of aliens used to live on this planet. Sure, is that out there? I just like to point out that that one time is the last time you see this. What turns out to be a creature making people see itself as different things at the same time. So they introduce that idea and they completely abandon it. It's now just. <laughs> uh, you're right. Really? As the series goes on. The creature turns itself into a specific thing, and everyone sees it as that thing. Yeah. You, you should probably tell people who who you are. Who just said hello? That. I'm Jacob Porter. <laughs> Jacob is our engineer. I'm engineering for for now. Dun, dun, dun. And secret third host. Yes. <laughs> and alcohol drinker. So as you see there, and you saw in the episode, so when Leonard sees the woman. He sees her as a young woman that he knew years and years ago. But as you saw, 
Kirk actually saw her as a, a gray-haired uh, older woman. <laughs> Kirk just called her a handsome woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he calls it, referred to her <laughs> and hardly 25. <laughs> well within his range. Yeah, she's a handsome woman, doctor. But I wouldn't fuck her. <laughs> Kirk has some and, standards. And we all know that Kirk has very little standards when it comes to that. Look how charming Shatner is. He's just right from the beginning. You just like him. When we eventually get around to watching the cage or the menagerie or whatever they called it, the you see why they replaced Shatner or replaced uh, Pike with Shatner because he's just so much better. Oh, uh oh, something is going on there. Oh, all this running. might be our first drink. We, we may get your drinks ready because I think somebody's gonna die. Oh man, I think Lieutenant Darnell is about. If we're oh, yeah. there he is. Lieutenant drained, Darnell, drained of salt. We 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 drink to you. Yes, and we've confirmed the first red shirt is in fact a blue shirt. Blue shirt yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> just a little. Uh, it's an everlasting gobstop. The name of the actor who plays Darnell, Michael Zaslow, who we're giving the respect of being the first red shirt to actually die, actually is in First Contact. You're kidding. I am not. According to his IMDb, he played Eddie in First Contact. Pivotal role. You did it. You did it, man. (laughs) God damn it, Nancy. (laughs) That's got to be another. That will be. That will be. Anytime we hear uh, Bones say something along the lines of, I'm not a so-and-so, I'm a doctor. Yeah. We definitely will be drinking. This is going to be. This is going to get ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm because assuming we're that we're creating lots of scenarios yeah. where there's going to be a lot of drinking. Every time he insults Spock, every time Scotty says something about it, you know, <laughs> well, I don't know where I was going to go that far. The bears and- I definitely, anytime uh, Kirk inexplicably has his shirt either removed or torn so that he can show off his chest, we're going to drink. <laughs> I approve. I was going to say the the bones thing, you know, he works up to that, so we won't get into. Actually, that. you're right. But, that, but, the, but but the shirt thing, oh, we, we that's we right off drinking. the bat. The, might, there might be the, some of that in this episode. I, I think the second, I don't think he really starts to do the I'm a blank, not a doctor until the second season. It actually doesn't happen right away. Uh, so it's going to be a relatively sober person. <laughs> it's no. been a long time. I mean, it's true that I am the. Star Trek nerd in this room, probably, but it's been a long time since I've watched these old episodes. I watched them endlessly as a child, and I read the books. I read the Star Trek novels. I read... I'm pretty hardcore when you get right down to it. Just to give you an idea about why we've decided to do this. You say we. So, okay. You you. Me. (laughs) Matt, I'm just sort of dragging along for his Star Trek credentials. Oh, look. Here's the first appearance of So on one of the other features we'd like to do on this show is we're going to talk about the hot women that have permeated Star Trek throughout the years. And obviously, you can't do that without talking about Uhura. And I do find it very fascinating. When you look at Star Trek, I mean, we're talking about a show that was in the 1960s. They had a black woman as one of the main lieutenants on the sh- on the show. Which is extremely progressive for the time, when you think about what was probably on TV at the time. But they put her in a skirt. That is, I mean... I mean, and she's also a communications officer, which at this point is code for secretary, you know. And right now, they don't really go into this too much beyond, but man, does she have a hard-on for Spock. Yeah, she likes Spock. They go into it a lot over the course of the the show. But right off the bat, she is into Spock. And obviously, in the J.J. Abrams movies, they really flush that out. Mm -hmm. You know what's interesting about this, though, is that this is the first time you're ever seeing either of these two characters talk to each other. You see Spock just a little bit right at the beginning of the episode. Look at the rift in space on her skirt. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. The women, there are lots of women that work on the Starship Enterprise, and they all wear the shortest skirts in the world. Remember when Next Generation started and they thought they would be progressive, so they put the men in the mini skirts too? In like the very first couple of episodes of Next Generation, there's like a couple of men walking down the hallway and they're wearing the little mini skirts. Oh, really? I I don't remember that. That's awesome. And then they realize that looks terrible and stop (laughs) doing it. Like, there's progressive and then there's just, like, that's stupid. Ridiculous. 
I'm not, not 100% sure, but I think one of the characters they he- held over from the unaired pilot is the, like, young, blonde, yeoman character. Oh, well, Rand? yeoman Rand, who, she's she's in this episode, She and... We'll we we'll see some episodes with Yeoman Rand. If she doesn't make it past the first half of the first season, but man, do they sexually harass the hell out of her? Oh yes. in those episodes. I mean, she gets harassed by just about every male, and she's got a hard on for for uh, Kirk. Yeah, she likes Kirk. Um, and we haven't seen her yet, but we'll get to Nurse Chapel, who also has a major hard on for Spock. Nurse Chapel, who's played by the great. Is it is it Majel Barrett, Matt? Do you know how yeah. you is it Majel Roddenberry? Yeah. yeah, that's Gene Roddenberry's wife, and she goes on. She's actually in just every, actually every incarnation of Star Trek. She she's always the uh, she's the voice the, of the voice computer. of the computer, and in Star Trek Next Generation, she plays Loxana Troy, uh, Diana's uh, mother. Uh, oh, but, see. Kurt's mad now. Yeah, so that's a very memorable episode. Yeah, uh, Jean Luc Picard can't stand her. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right, we've come to another commercial, commercial. break, and you see these lovely uh, CGI's. I was wondering why the planets look so good. Yeah, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that this is because they redid when they, they reset the Blu-ray the DVDs. They redid the effects. Yeah. It's it's completely so no incongruous. Sulu, no is there no Sulu? I haven't seen. There is no Chekhov. Chekhov doesn't come until the second season. Yeah. Which sort of uh, well, we'll we get to that later. Um, We're going to talk about that when we talk about Star Trek Two. Well, we'll get into when we get to Space Seed. We'll talk about that. Yeah, I think I think there is Sulu. Wait, he's just coming up later. What's what's what? happening with the? <laughs> What just happened with the... I uh, love this earpiece right did here. Did anybody else just see a very bizarre translation yeah. on the... Something about Mexican reds or something? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Something just went very wrong with the subtitles. <laughs> because Kirk just told Uhura to get him some Mexican reds. <laughs> no, you, yeah. Was no. I the only one who saw that? I, I wasn't paying attention, but it seems like our, our buddy Max, who you might hear his voice coming through every once in a while... Hey. Uh, he 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 also noticed it as well. So, from my vantage point, I could only see that part of the subtitle, and I was something just... went very wrong just now <laughs> with, with the, the subtitles. I don't know if oh. it was that wrong because there's a part where he said he says, "Tell Captain like Perez or something like obviously Hispanic. He'll get his supply of like red chilies before too long." So he, that was what they were talking about. I think about? he was actually talking okay. about that. Oh, I really wow. need to watch the yeah. episodes before, <laughs> before we do the podcast. I thought it was some kind of commentary on the rise of communism, uh, <laughs> Mexican Reds. Yeah, trying to so watch we, this as we, at the same time is hard. As we as we uh, described in the little description on IMDb, they, they're just now finding out that the body has been drained of all the salt, which is what, what killed it. So otherwise, Bones couldn't figure out because everything else seemed to be perfectly fine. That it had a name, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's Darnell. Darnell. It's Darnell. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but just to get back to what we were talking about as far as my the reason why I'm sort of wanting to do this podcast, uh, I, I've always sort of been fascinated by the history of television, um, both good and bad. Uh, I think pretty much all of us watched a lot of television when we were kids. And uh, Star Trek is really the only franchise that sort of permeates the entire history of television. Obviously, it's been on in various incarnations for 50 years. So you can see it as you... Right off the bat, you can see one of the major change shifts in in uh, uh, television. The amount of time on the episode is fifty minutes. <laughs> you won't see an episode of these of hour long dramas these days that actually the actual content of the show is fifty minutes. Not on network TV, anyway. So is this guy in on it? He must be, right? He's in on it. 
I think he knows. I'm trying that, to remember the plot of this. Well, episode. we find out that his wife died, I believe. And, oh yeah, and okay. has been and has it's a some creature that some salt monster that he is that has some kind company. of. Uh, he that obviously has some kind of uh, uh, shape shifting uh, yeah. ability that, or at least makes the people see them as whoever they want to be. Can we seen. at least acknowledge that as a as a quality for a lover, shape shifting ability is pretty <laughs> much near the top of what I would wish for. You know. <laughs> so, oh. He's down to the end of his salt. Salt is salt is starting to. That, I, I believe that was the whole reason why <laughs> the Enterprise was at this planet in the first place was to make sure that their supplies, supplies yeah. were were in order. Why it's nothing but crack rock. <laughs> yes, Jim, it's crack. Episode one of Snowfall. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a it's a last of last of it, her species or its species kind yeah. of thing. And he's oh, trying to protect that, uh, right, it. right. That's been on so Yeah. Uh, there are whole there are whole books dedicated to that alien and its species and the history of it. And... Um, I'm not gonna say I've read any of them. <laughs> saying that they exist. I'm just telling you oh, that I'm aware of them. Are we gonna lose? Oh, oh, there we go. Number oh, two. Number two. Everybody have a. Drink. I don't even know which name. Oh, that guy lost, didn't even get a name. We've lost three. We got two. Take two drinks. You salt. Whoa! <laughs> did he just say smell it, Nancy? Smell it. He did. He's attracting the monster with the smell of delicious salt. <laughs> I don't care that you've killed. I love you anyway. <laughs> That's basically his idea, right? He doesn't give a shit. He's just happy because he's got his wife back. Yep. You're just misunderstood. <laughs> I understand. <clears throat> As I've been... I think that's actually where this episode lands in the end, doesn't it? That it's ba- he's bas- the monster is basically just misunderstood. Well, I mean, it's going around. Try. I mean, it, it needs salt to survive. Yeah, so it it, it, it it knows it's killing. It, it, right, but it's, it's not evil. It's, it's just, just it's, doing it's what it trying has to, to, do survive. to survive. It has to survive. But I think I, as evil I've been right there, but oh, and oh, he, uh, oh, there's some shape shifting. So. Crewman Green has Crewman died, and Green. now the monster has shifted into looking like Crewman Green. We barely knew you, Crewman Green. Yeah, we hardly knew ye. Named for the color of his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we've lost two blue shirts and a gold shirt so far. We should keep a running tally of how many people die in Star Trek. So, well, so far we've got three. We're yeah. up to three. It'll be up to the millions. Uh, by, well, don't some planets If go... you talk about the people that actually die that aren't ever actually seen on screen. Well, sometimes whole planets Because, get yeah, and even on the starship, they'll get under attack and Scotty will report, we've got 85 casualties on deck eight. And... <laughs> okay, so let's talk on-screen kills. On-screen kills. Yeah. Where you can actually see the face of the person All right. who died. Where they actually So if cast... the whole planet blows up, that doesn't count. Yeah. All right, so but we're up to three <laughs> at this point in time. Now, are we going to talk about just crewmen that die or aliens that they encounter that they let's, kill? Let's restrict it to Starfleet. Yeah, Starfleet don't okay. count. Who gives a shit about the aliens? <laughs> right. This is a show about a militaristic organization. Is this, uh, are we seeing the first in, incarnation the first of... Transporter um, being. Well, and is Montgomery Scott the uh, transporter I, chief? I don't know. Nope. No. 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 So Scotty, a shadowy figure, yeah, a shadowy, a shadowy figure. They have very dramatic lighting on starships. You know what? You, you think they'd be lit, there, you know, more there, brightly? So there are so many doing. shots on this show where they highlight the eyes of people with yeah. lights. Well, that's this is the '60s style, right? Yeah, it's very dramatic lighting. It's shadows and then a bright light right, right across, across your eyes, right across the eyes. 
Wait, so would Scotty be pulling double duty, like head of engineering, also? Well, he, he was also in the transporter, in the transporter room, room. room a lot. At first, he's just the transporter chief. Oh. He doesn't become. Oh, there's that. Head, there, there's Yeoman Rand. There, she's there's he about to be sexually harassed right off the bat. We just entered. Now she's eating somebody I, else's look food. At somebody wove her hair. I, well, that's what I gotta ask. Is that? Her hair or a wig? It's, it's got to be a wig, right? That, that's a lot of work right because there. Because if somebody actually wove that into her hair, that took 10 hours. Is that her meal or is she taking that? She's taking it. I think she's taking it, it to Sulu, on a, as a matter of fact. Is that what she, she said? She's just snacking on someone else's lunch. Well, they're starting to see that they only see one person on the planet. Yeah. That dick. The <laughs> professor. So... I, I've, as I've sort of watched Star Trek, especially original series, the main conflict of just about every episode comes down to three basic tropes. Either they encounter some force on a planet. At, I'm sorry, but look at all those. I mean, already look at them. What am at I Janice Rand's ass. Yeoman <laughs> Rand gets harassed constantly on this show. Oh my god! It's in keeping with the uh, protocols of Starfleet, though. Right? <laughs> right. You can ogle from. You a can distance. look from a distance. You cannot move while ogling. The latest advancements in technology have made I mean, it she's easy wearing to move. <laughs> she's wearing a skirt. Oh, she is that that. She is going to Sulu's. Oh, we are going to see Sulu. I, I love that little. She really was there. eating his food. That's amazing. I was. Now look I at, was joking. Look at this. Look at this clearly hand puppet <laughs> plan that she's he, about to talk to. <laughs> Watch it open up, and it has exactly five <laughs> spines to it. <laughs> see, look at this. see me all night long. Do you think you could disguise the number? Like, <laughs> right. More. The puppeteer of that hand is also the camera operator for this shot. <laughs> so he's pulling a young Jim Henson <laughs> gets his big break in Hollywood. <laughs> They're painting the fire. <laughs> thing. I don't... Well, you know the extras got to have something to do. Uh, but as I was saying, so the first trope, and this one sort of actually spans two of the major tropes. One is they encounter something on a planet, and obviously that's they found. And then they, the second one is they bring some kind of force on board they the ship. Bring it up here to the ship. So this one sort of spans two of the tropes. At first they encounter it on the planet, then it somehow makes its way onto the ship. What is that supposed to be, by the way? Can we yeah. just talk about the food? On the Star food Trek for a second on original series because is all it's usually it's colored cubes. Oh look at look that. at that! See that 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 plant is going crazy. That is below. Sesame Street. <laughs> that is going below. It's not happy with the salt oh, monster. Oh, it can sense the salt monster. Something about the salt monster has scared the plant away. Oh, it's okay. Look at Sulu. Sulu. It's okay, baby. <laughs> it's okay. Come on out. If I stroke it, it gets longer. Uh, I call this game Pink Rocket. <laughs> And and the third major trope of all of Star Trek shows is some force takes over uh, the takes over the, the ship. The, well, not necessarily the ship, but the 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 crew. Yeah, you know. The, the typically, are they passing who they, right now? Too? The men on this ship just oh, now he's shifted oh, again. This is racial. I'm sorry. <laughs> he <laughs> he made himself be, black so that he could talk to the black him. woman. Yeah. yeah, typically the force that takes over is something that sexually confounds the crew members specifically. Right. Like, how Look can you shag like, space? Hello, you big hey. black man. Who are you? <laughs> Yeah, let, let's see. I don't believe that she, she was thinking him. about something like that. He, she, she would be thinking about Spock. Right? Yeah, well, we already know she's got a major heart on for she Spock. She has a thing for Spock. A Vulcan vanilla, Vulcan vanilla <laughs> the, fetish, if you will. The subtitle is currently saying, speaking foreign language. <laughs> so they must be talking in some kind of African, uh, so there you go, Swahili. They're speaking well, Swahili. but also there was this, they never made a big deal out of it, but her whole thing was she was the communications officer, right? And she, and right. she spoke all kinds of different But languages. she also, I mean, I think her character is from Swahili, right? 
Well, so he, there's from or from she's from Africa, Maybe where they speak Swahili. How about that? Right. Is that better? She's from the planet Swahili. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to get to how in this future there are planets dedicated to like one thing all the time. Uh-huh. Like, I I just you know we can't even get like. I don't know, a single building dedicated to one thing on Earth. But, like, in the future, it's like, this planet, everybody, it's about pleasure. It's about, yeah. You're all whores. <laughs> the right. kids, you're born whores. You're going to die You're whores. a born a whore. Well, you die a whore. We got whole planets to dedicate to this well, thing. You've got to realize, Max, that these are planets that have existed for millions of years longer than ours they they've they've evolved to where they've all become yeah. wars the the every planet is just one thing thing is, is all science fiction is like that yeah. star wars is like that I- Ice planet, jungle planet. What is Earth? Planet. What is Earth on the one? We are one thing. What are, Earth thing? is the only planet that doesn't fit the mold. <laughs> yeah, Vulcan is all. Everything's a red desert. We're all nerds on Vulcan. It's just like no other planet has any oh, other. Are we about system. to lose another crewman? I don't know what you call. He's not a red shirt. He's got some He's kind wearing of wearing a spacesuit of some kind. Space custodian. But he's crude. It Look counts. at the food. Yeah. Everybody it, eats just chunks of colored. It's, it's like bright, melon or something. Brightly just, colored chunks of food is chunks. what they eat on the, which is in a, in. What are you having for lunch? <laughs> what are you having for lunch, Lieutenant? I'm having some brightly colored chunks. <laughs> what about you, sir? I am also enjoying the brightly colored chunks. <laughs> and it's in stark contrast to when we get to next generation, where they their their food uh, generators create elaborate meals that right. they yeah. can enjoy. Familiar things, things that they want, whatever they want. Oh, he's turned back into the old woman. But he's now seeing her as older. Oh, yeah, she's older now. You're right. She looks like how Kirk saw her. Yeah. She's going to cast a spell on Bones right here now. I can imagine watching this episode in what, 1966 and being so confused by it. They do no, they do no effort at all in explaining the world and who these people are. I mean, I said this earlier, but it's so true. It's not, it's not piloty at all. At all. Well, it wasn't really a pilot. That's what's odd about it. this. Wasn't the pilot episode of the show for some reason they obviously back in the day when every episode was singular in and of itself you didn't have multi-arc episodes and for some so, reason they thought people would like an episode about mccoy and the old lady oh oh, oh everyone oh we drinking. lost another crewman have a drink we're now up to four If you're not entirely hammered at this point in time, this I'm. You, you're not. We're not doing our job. Problem. Oh, so we've come to another commercial break. Look at that beautiful, it's beautiful, a beautiful planet. orange planet. Oh, they're, they're convinced that it's a strange life form. Yeah, they did center this episode around bones for some reason. Why is he lying down? <laughs> He's tired. Is she suddenly taking just it's tiny bits of his salt away? Salt out of him? <laughs> well, I think she's got to like put her hands on yeah. their face to I, do it. I think she just has other powers. So, J- Jake, you watched this? I, I just watched recently. The, I, yeah, I watched a few of of the first ones. Okay. I haven't watched this in a very long time. Oh, look at that! Oh, the she's salt! Gonna... The salt! And I think now she's going to turn into Dr. McCoy to go up to the bridge. And this is when the 60s television viewing audience's mind will be blown. Right. And I'd like, as you were talking about, Matt, 
Can we take a few? Oh, she's biting her knuckle for him, man. She is hot for his. I don't salt. think I've ever seen anybody bite their knuckle in. And there he is. He's Dr. McCoy biting his knuckle for that salt. Can we take a moment to to give tribute to Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball? (laughs) Sure. Let's do that. They had the, I mean, if it wasn't for them, this show probably doesn't get on the air. Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. This is our production company, yeah. They produced this show, and so... And think about what was go- TV shows of the 60s. You didn't have anything like this. That's true. Yeah, this would have been a huge risk. A this huge is a very risk. weird show. And even though the show in and of itself only lasted three seasons, its legacy is 50 years well, long. Here we are 50 years later. Still and they're still it. making Star Trek. Oh, he's armed. Go away. <laughs> This professor does a really great job of being kind of a a really insufferable prick. <laughs> oh. So we should also talk about the things that Star Trek got right and the things that Star Trek got wrong. Right. They definitely got flip phones right. Absolutely. They invented that. They definitely got tablets right. Yep. Because yep. You, see, you see people with those tablets at well in next generation at least and kind of in this even show too. this one he's constantly signing tablets although they're big thick, they're yeah they're like big and thick. they look kind things. of more like clipboards there are definitely as we go along there are things that star trek nailed technologically everybody eating like. chunks of colored food <laughs> we haven't Not gotten so much, there yet but well, we still got another century before we're right, there. That's true. We might evolve to <laughs> chunks of brightly the colored, colored food. food era is still coming down. They got rampant sexism in the workplace down. They definitely that, that, got that. That's down. timeless. Yeah, I believe that was more of an era of the time the show was on. Oh, we've got a intruder alert. It's our first intruder look at the, alert. Look at every woman. Oh, look, a woman oh, with pants, pants on. She was in the middle of curling her hair, just so you know. It's very <laughs> inconvenient for her. And they've sounded general quarters three, which means uh, stay in your room and no colored food. No <laughs> colored food. Is, is the screen on the, the tricorder receiver uh, uh, the receiver? Is that the little thing that they flip up? Is yeah. that what they? I don't know. Is that just? I don't know. You, On the tricorder, the little thing they flip. Yeah, you know, when they like flip up the, the communicator, there's a little gold screen that yeah. they flip up. That's the part where your ear goes. Is right? that what they hear out of? Yeah. Is that the speaker? But they don't put their ear to it. They just sometimes they do. Maybe sometimes it, they hold it up to their head. Oh. Uh, he said he was phasing it a one quarter, which <laughs> one quarter. It's like only mostly dead. <laughs> They're not trying to kill this guy. Look at this uh, the skull drag that Nimoy does. That's pretty authentic. He's seen really low. He's he's not afraid to get dirty. He was a serious actor. Oh, oh she drugged him with those red pills. That's why he's passed out. Mm. I just put this plot back together. to harass Yeoman Ran. She looks like she's made of salt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's looking for. He's looking for the salt. Why would he go to the bridge? Go to the kitchen. Oh, so she she is actually reporting to the bridge because he was ordered to report to the McCoy bridge. McCoy was ordered yeah, to the bridge, right. but so he's trying to he's trying the to The alien cover. could have pretended to be anybody. That's he true. Didn't have to pretend to be McCoy. This is one of those plots where it doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you think about it too hard. Like, what is the creature's plan at this point? I'm going to go up to the bridge. and I'm going to pretend to be Dr. McCoy. I'm going to kill everybody. And then what? 
I, I, is this take the ship. Entire in idea that he will suck the salt out of every crewman, then take the ship and fly from planet to planet. Star Trek Three: The Search for Salt. <laughs> the Search for Salt. So, so I think what's happened is she also bases what she looks like on the memories of the people that. Are around her. Is it, so, is it, so, but, Bones is, but who was that blonde whore at the beginning? Then, well, that was the, the guy. That, that was, was a whore. That guy. That Darnell. Oh, yeah. We, okay. He had a memory, memory of her. We yeah, all, yeah, yeah. we all drank to this Darnell, but he was clearly a whoremonger. Yeah. So, so Bones. <laughs> Maybe so, his death is not the worst thing in the world. Right. So Bones' memory of her is oh, of oh, like a first true love. Done the shit out of that. Done the professor. But not very hard. He's still awake, even. Now we're going to find out what happened to Professor Crater's wife. It's time for some exposition, Professor. After you take a very uh, long pause. And one thing you really got to look at this show, man, the eyebrow work of the actors <laughs> is impeccable. Spock and especially well, Leonard Spock. Nimoy and DeForest Kelly do some of the greatest eyebrow acting you'll ever see. Some great, great eyebrow work. And I know Spock's eyebrows are obviously created in that regard, but Bones' eyebrows are perfect right angle triangles. <laughs> and I don't think that is uh, makeup. I think that's just how DeForest Kelly's eyebrows are. Uh, this now is he's the, talking about buffalo. buffalo. Yes, the buffalo metaphor. Are we trying to have some kind of anti-hunting speech here? I think it's more that he's just trying to make um, a comparison that the viewing audience in Could 1966 under- would have understood. That there used to be millions of this planet, of now there's things, only one. And now there's only one. Much like your yeah. American we're, buffalo. We're finding out that Professor Crater's die, wife died a year or two ago. <laughs> like, I can't remember exactly. And a year or two. I don't know. <laughs> and apparently he got over that so it's most, quickly. It's the most traumatic experience of your entire life. <laughs> when did that happen? I and don't know. A couple and, years and ago, maybe. <laughs> Chose to just start banging some salt monster that looked like his wife. Right. She's a Swiss Army wife. She can do whatever. <laughs> hey, if somebody came along and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna make myself look like your dead wife," you might be okay with that. I guess if you had nothing else as an option, there's no right. reason not He's to. He's literally the only person on the entire planet. What are his choices? And he does, we've clearly established that he has salt tablets so he can feed her. Well, he did. And then that's what that's when things started to go we're, bad. We're now moving into the last act of the show. For some reason, they italicize Enterprise when they show it up well, on it's the... that's a proper name. Oh. Kirk is, or McCoy is stoned out of his mind. But see, look, they let two women. But we also have to talk about the fuzzy lighting when they do the close-ups on the girls. Classic 60s fuzzy lighting. Vaseline on the lens. I, I, I love the close-ups where it's like a close-up of Janice com- Rand. dark, but around the eyes. That's the great. Yeah, that man's... I don't know if it was just the the times that did that, but or or Shatner who loved that. They do that a lot yeah, with focus. him. I have focus. Yeah, you got to think about what they don't really explain what Spock is at any point in no. this episode. So I if think you they were, said Vulcan once, if you're the- watching this episode. And you're going, why the hell is there some guy with really pointed ears on the ship? And and a strange it's a Mo strange episode to choose for the Mo movie. Howard haircut. But look at his eyebrows. They already are at points. Oh, the, the whistling, the constant whistling. That's well, like... That's, that's a good, good impersonation of it. There, uh, yeah, man. that's nice. 
I have had 30 years to practice. <laughs> So many close-ups. This episode is probably fifty percent close-up. Well, they they clearly did all of this episode on a set. They haven't <laughs> the the because the, the planet is clearly a set. Yeah. It's not any kind of exterior shooting, right? Which later on there are lots of exterior shots. Lots. Well. They start to go now. What they really start to do later on is they start to go to the Paramount back lot. Well, they do a lot of stuff where you're not sure if you're watching an alien planet or you're watching Mash's 4077. Because well, it's probably they're the, using the exact probably same, the like, same set formations. They go out into Hawkeye the hills. Comes out. They go out to the hills of Malibu all the time to shoot. But they also, a lot of the exterior stuff, you can clearly tell is on the Paramount Baplout because they'll do, anytime there's an episode where they go to a planet that's like the 1920s New York of America. Oh, right, okay. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, or yeah. they go to the Old West of America. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. clearly the set, they just know, either the, the set design department decided, we're not going to build you any more fucking sets, assholes. Go use sets we already have that and write an episode about that. That Old West one is particularly lazy because it's just the fronts. Like, right. No, no, they don't ever go they don't inside. don't even bother to build the back half of the building. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, no, they're just using the sets. And they tried to explain it by being, we're abstract. <laughs> That we're still with Salt this Monster McCoy. This is the McCoy, longest right? briefing room scene yeah. ever. You would never take this long for this purpose on well, a TV show. Now. Especially when they just spent five minutes just explaining what's going on in the episode. They're trying to stop a creature that's killing people. Right? You'd think there would be some sense of urgency. Now there. they were lucky enough to have the creature that's killing people in the briefing meeting with them, <laughs> so that made it palatable for them to take five minutes because clearly the monster couldn't be killing anybody. Right? They didn't know that. No. <laughs> What's happened to Spock here? Uh, I think they backed the, oh, the, the creature into oh, the, a corner. Oh, they knew that the, the scientists would have to reveal his secret. and so We're getting a little bit of the green blood of the Vulcan. See? Yeah. Now, if you didn't know about that, you'd be like, what the hell does, does he have, have green blood? What does he have green goop on his face? Oh, the doctor. Do we drink for the doctor? I think sure. we are drink for the doctor. Yeah, we can He's do that. A- He's on screen. He's a major character. But we're not counting him in our death toll. We're not giving him death toll. He's, he's not crew. He's not crew. Okay. <laughs> yeah, is that's he? right. Oh. We have to have some standards. <laughs> Without standards, oh, this whole right. thing falls apart. She's going to wake him up. They're going to kill me. You've got to help me, doctor. The entire... Well, sure enough, they are there to kill her. The kind... The, she basically plays on the boner aspect of men. And women. Yeah, and she made herself a hot <laughs> black dude for Uhura. No, that's true. But right now, this she's basically... This alien is not sexist. She's it's, basically... Yeah. Why? Did they really think McCoy looked that bad? They Boy, they diffused the hell out of the lens <laughs> for his close-ups. They just could not find him. It's, that's just a bad focus. That's <laughs> just poor focus. <laughs> You want a uh, Nancy? You want the salt? So ha. Kirk is baiting the hey, monster hey with the salt plat. This is what the, you're looking the for. Crack cocaine. You want some come salt and freckles? It. Come and get it. Come and get it, freckles. <laughs> oh, see, she's she's using the boner to try to get McCoy to fight Kirk. It's, it's not so much the boner as memories of boner's past. <laughs> When I when I write my memoir, I'm gonna call it Memories of Boner's Past. Thank you for that, Jake. That's what I'm here for. 
Oh, we finally get to see for the first oh, time how so she does it, right? She, she's gonna. Oh, we've never seen this suck before. The salt out of. That's her. why they have those weird things on their faces. Well, when does she turn into the the? Do they ever the see anteater? Do, do we ever see the? Do we see? Yeah, I don't yeah, remember. I think we it's see the up. monster. Yeah, it's not her bones. Oh. <laughs> the two-fisted punches. <laughs> I don't know where where Star strong she is. She's just like, yeah, fuck you, Spock. But where do where what kind of combat training does Starfleet have, man? Because <laughs> on Vulcan, you just <laughs> you just hit people repeatedly in the face, <laughs> clearly with a two-handed fist. Our military uh, uh, combat training changes dramatically over a hundred years. Well, they conquered the galaxy, so because it worked. The oh, there he is. is. There he is. I love him. <laughs> it's okay to kill ugly Yeah. <laughs> now, now that we now see I can shoot it's it. Suckers on its on its fingers. <laughs> suck up. Ah! I'm sure that that's a brilliant scream by oh, by the William Shatner. He's uh, an excellent screamer. Mm, love that netting. But I, but I loved you. That's a sad. This is she is actually supposed to be kind of sympathetic, right? But baby, well, like you said, I mean, baby, you're you're talking about the last creature of their species. (laughs) They have to have salt to survive. It's not. Like but it's not like salt is an impossible thing to find in the universe. Well, but maybe, why didn't they just say, "Hey, baby, come down to the kitchen with me. I got all the salt you want. <laughs> yeah, we, I got a machine we, that will create salt out of nothing." Yeah, yeah, we need salt though. It's like, okay, we'll bring you salt. End yeah, of episode. End of episode. <laughs> five five minutes in, episode's over. Professor says, hey, you guys got some salt? Yeah, we got some salt. How much you need? 150 pounds. All right. <laughs> salt it See is. See you in five years. <laughs> and now, we're, with the wrap-up, as everyone comes in. Oh, it's in time to... for a jolly time on the bridge. <laughs> as we've, we've calculated, what, four so, crewmen have died? also flies the ship, but he's also a botanist. Because <laughs> he was down in the, in the well, garden. That was, his, that was his room, I think. He just likes he's plants. Like, no, the... it said life sciences on the Oh, was yeah, he yeah, in yeah. the... Okay. Pay attention. Oh, look at that. He's, he's thinking about the buffalo, Mr. Spock. He's in a jolly good mood. Four crewmen have died, but Captain Kirk is okay with it. It's all Connor McCoy's fault. Whatever. Yep. This is one of those episodes where there was a way to resolve this plot without all of the death and destruction. Hey, first and there time it goes yeah, off they were practicing. the Starship Enterprise going off into space. Directed there we by see Mark directed Daniels. by Mark Daniels. That George Clayton Johnson. George Clayton Johnson was the co-author of and the John novel of Logan's Run. Are you serious? Yeah, he was the co-author of the novel. How do you know that? Wow. I just know that. And he wrote for Twilight Zone. So, Well, that's the end of the first episode. So, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Uh, <clears throat> Imaginary listeners. We're hopefully going to do this for a while. We've got, I think I figured out, somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 various iterations we're going to get to. And we're hoping to do this about once a week. So hopefully you guys will come back and listen to us. Is Charlie X really the next one? That That's is the next Netflix one. Says. That's a really good one. Well, we'll get to that in the next episode, Matt. So thank you all for listening. Uh, I've been Sean Mason. I'm Matt Bibb. And I've been your engineer for the day, Jacob Porter. And thank you for listening.